We got a lot of great information here, so I'm really thankful for everyone who came out and uh, to to learn about uh, a concrete example. Right? We are talking this week all about the Lord's great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And uh, Dennis would always say, and if necessary, use words. Uh, and uh, so we're going to see a concrete example of a family that has gone and, and felt the need to minister to those who are so underprivileged. And um, what also, uh, we've got a panel because we want to give you uh, the idea that this doesn't have to be uh, just a Delich uh, family on their own, you can come out and support them, not only financially, but you can come and help and be present. There's lots of different opportunities for different skill sets. So we've got, we're going to show you different experiences where people have gone, you know, whether it's construction, education, you know, there's lots of ways you can contribute to this. Um, so I'm really thankful for everyone's here, and uh, we're going to have lots of time at the end for a question and answer, but Right now, I want to ask my brother Dennis to come up and to share how did this whole ministry begin, how God called him to, to go. And uh, since we, we can't go without uh, being sent and without God's work, let's begin this uh, form also with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much that we are here together as a body, and Lord, that you are really stirring our hearts and, and uh, on your final instruction to go and to minister to this whole world and to draw them to you. Father, we're just so thankful that uh, uh, the Delich family can be here to share with us uh, what you're doing, the exciting things you're doing in Zambia. And we pray that you would effectively work uh, through in our hearts and stir us and help us see how we can contribute and how we can also be a part and receive a blessing in spreading the gospel and serving and being your hands and feet to a hurting world. Father, we ask for your presence and your spirit's inspiration. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brother Edmund. Good morning, everyone. First of all, I want to um, say... Okay, I'll say a few words and then we play the intro. Um, I want to say, first of all, that uh, we're very thankful to be in your midst. And the last time Jasmine, Faith, Grace, and I were at Eastern Camp was in 20. 13, so six years ago, and um, a lot of you have changed, a lot of you have grown uh, much older, and um, we have a little bit as well, I understand, but it's very nice to be here, and we're very thankful to God for all of you for your, first of all, for your support. Number one, your prayerful support for us to be in Zambia almost five years, but we're at four and a half years now. Um, That's the most important, that's what sustains us, as well as your financial support, really we couldn't do what we're doing without your support and your contribution and your uh, giving sacrificially. So thank you for that, really from the bottom of our hearts. We're going to play a quick video, and then I'll get up and share a little bit more. So in 2009, um, I was uh, introduced to Africa by a friend of mine. He invited me to go and visit uh, Kenya, and then from Kenya I went to Tanzania, And then from Tanzania, he said that there's a school in Zambia. I didn't even know Zambia existed. I said, Zambia? You mean Gambia? He says, no, Zambia. He said there was a school in Zambia that started in the 2008 um, crisis. You remember when um, that whole financial crisis took place? And some donors built a school, and then the funding stopped, and there was about 200 kids there that 
we're going to school with some volunteers and it's really struggling. And at that time, Yast and I were, were actually thinking of adopting, some of you may have heard this story, so forgive me if I'm repeating it, but um, Yast and I were thinking of adopting a, a child. We have faith in grace and we were thinking of adopting a child. So um, my friend said to me, let's go to Zambia. So I went over to Zambia and I went from the airport in Dola straight to Kitwe, where our school is located, and I saw all these kids running around. These kids are, I mean, they're, they're coming from a compound called Chipata Compound, very poor, mud huts, tin roofs. Some have running water. Most of them pit latrines for, for washrooms and bathrooms. I mean, very poor. And I just saw all these kids running around. And, and the verse that came to mind was, sheep without a, a shepherd. They were all scattered. So I remember grabbing my phone and I texted Jazz and I said, Hey, Yasna, I think the Lord spoke to us. And she said, Are you serious? What is it, a boy or a girl? And I said, about 270 of them. <laughs> and she said, what? I said, I think we're going to adopt the school. So that was the start of our journey getting involved with Zambia. Then um, the brothers from the ACCMBC um, found out, and uh, we started talking, and they were very interested. And uh, it was a great, great uh, ministry opportunity for a lot of our believers to get involved. And so we had a large work team come out with two or three elders um, as part of the work team, you know, they, they came out to spy on, to see what, what I was doing there. But, you know, um, anyways, they gave their, their blessing on it. I mean, how can you not? I mean, this is, this is what the theme is for camp, isn't it? Go ye therefore. Isn't this what Christ called us to do? I mean, you, you know, I, I want to say just from, from the word go that this is an optional. Now, not all of us are called to go to Africa. I, I get it. I understand that. But all of us are called to minister and to be missionaries, whether domestic or foreign. And, and it's not optional. When we do these things, it's just our duty to do. It's nothing, there's nothing special about missionaries. There really isn't. It's what we're called to do as believers. I firmly believe that. That's what our duty is. Somehow we've been duped into believing that you've got an option. You can either serve Christ in the mission field or you can kind of not. We're all missionaries whether domestic or foreign. So that's how we got involved in, in Zambia. Um, the school has now 600, uh, 593 students, and that is from preschool to grade 8. We have half a, a grade in grade 9, so it really goes up to grade 9, but it's only half a grade that we inherited, and some of those students were repeating because they're not, that, uh, they're not doing that well in school. Um, so by the time we finish in, in grade 12, God willing, in 2022, we'll have about 820, 30 students. Um, and, and that is just a drop in the bucket. When we open for registration, we can only enroll 60 preschool students because we have two classes per grade, 30 in each class, just to make sure they, get a, they receive a proper education. We have 600 applicants. We can only pick 60. Now, I'm not, I'm not part of that process. We have a steering committee there. If I was part of the process, we'd have 1,000 kids all in preschool, and we wouldn't have a school. We'd have a daycare because it's just hard to say no. But um, we have a steering committee, and what they do is they find the most vulnerable, so either single orphan or double orphan, which means either mom died or dad died. Um, if not, then they must be extremely vulnerable. They must be in situations that um, they really can't afford to eat, um, and their, their family uh, is very, very poor, and in fact, some don't even have running water. So that, those are some of the criteria that our steering committee follows to enroll some of the students at our school. Um, at this time, I think that, uh, uh, Ashley, you're going to come up.
and share a little bit, and then um, we have Edmund coming up. Okay, so um, I first got involved uh, with Lifesong um, in 2017. Uh, that was my first trip going, and the way that I got involved was I was always interested in going on a little bit of a longer trip um, to a mission field. And so um, I kind of was keeping my eyes open. I was praying a lot about which mission to go to. There's so many to choose from. Um, and I kind of had a bias towards Zambia. I just always wanted to go to Africa, but I was like, okay, wherever I'm needed, right? Wherever there's something I can offer of my skills and talents. And so I finished high school and I was taking a year off um, before I continued my education. Um, and right around that time when I was really praying about where should I go, um, the Deleks were actually in town. And so I really didn't know them at all. <laughs> um, so I just kind of walked up to Dennis and I'm like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in doing. What do you think? Um, and that's kind of how everything started. So we had some meetings and it turned out that what the school needed at that time was exactly kind of what God was working in me. So for example, their sponsorship program um, kind of needed um, some assistance. So um, all the biography pictures of the children needed updating. They were a few years old, um, as well as the biographies, just updating the information so that when donors pick their child to sponsor, um, they get accurate information about their child. So in 2017, I went to Zambia for two months. Um, and while I was there, I took pictures of all the students, kind of documented the school, um, did all that kind of work. Um, and then I went back last year to do some more for the new preschool students. Was, and uh, yeah, so since then, I've kind of been involved in the sponsorship program, in contact with donors, um, trying to keep things updated um, so that you guys know what's going on in Zambia and, and can have kind of an accurate picture of the mission. Um, so that was my involvement um, to date, pretty much. So like, like we said, it doesn't matter what your skill set is. Uh, there's lots of opportunities for you to, to go and serve. And uh, we've, even if it's a longer term like Sister Ashley's done or short term. So one opportunity uh, is if you have any background or any interest in helping out with the educational process. Um, there's been a couple work teams gone out. This is the two set 2017. And I think the next slide will show the 2016 work teams uh, that have gone out just to help. Uh, with the education. Uh, Sister Debbie Gerhardt really has uh, taken this to heart. She, she's got a background in that. And she's actually, here's another way, you don't actually have to cross the ocean and get a visa and all the shots. You, she's actually supporting them using video calls and helping the teachers with whatever topics they feel they need uh, supported. And she's done, uh, I think, three this year already, uh, supporting them that way. Uh, also, there was a big uh, donation of library books. The kids were really excited. You saw a little bit of that in the video, and that they actually finally have books, you know, something we might take for granted. And uh, Sister Debbie had a great time um, organizing all of that. Not only do we have educational work teams, maybe you have some background in medical. There's a medical clinic there. You saw that uh, Brother Dennison is brilliant. Uh, I won't tell the story, but you know he, he was able to get a, a, someone was illegally building a prop a, a house on there, and you know using some of his business astuteness, he was able to turn that around into getting that building for a medical clinic uh, because he knew the price of nails better than the guy who was building it. He was trying to get him to, uh, to rip him off. But anyways, uh, <clears throat> we're outgrowing that now. There's a nurse charity who's on the property, but we have 593 students. We're going to have a greater needs, but 
she can't do all the needs. There are things that are beyond her ability, her limited uh, resources there. So a medical team just went out in May, for example, for 10 days and to do checkups on about 150, 200 students that uh, had issues that, that were beyond her. So there's another opportunity, another way you can contribute uh, your unique skills. <clears throat> so at, at this point, I want to bring up uh, Josiah to talk about some of the, uh, another way you can contribute. So if, you don't, if your skills aren't in medicine or education and you just like to carry bricks or hammer nails, you can sign up for a construction work team. That's what I did. Uh, uh, for, I was on my second one last year. I left shortly after camp. And I just want to share a little bit about my experience. Um, I flew down with the construction team. Uh, they, were, they were planning to stay for two weeks. I ended up staying for five weeks. And um, just some of the stuff that we did uh, um, last year was um, as Dennis says, uh, they take in 60 students every year. So every year, that uh, typically the students will progress grade after grade. And so we have to keep building new school school classrooms to accommodate the, the additional 60 students. So last year, um, they, uh, Dennis had already start, had his guys starting on building a high school block. We came in, we finished up the roof, we uh, put in the electrical. We also uh, installed electrical, uh, we just installed lights on all the exterior of the buildings, also upgraded them to LED to, uh, for cost savings. Um, the, the lights on the exterior of the buildings are more for security um, because um, theft um, is, is a pretty big, uh, well, uh, people are always trying to hop the walls and get stuff. Having the lights there um, will help the security guards and, and uh, deter um, uh, the uh, people from hopping the wall. Um, one, uh, one, of the, one of the things uh, we did, which was really special, and Arnold's going to talk a little bit more, was uh, work, uh, put an addition onto one of the huts for the, uh, the, the girls. I'll get to that in two seconds. Yeah, so Arnold will talk more about uh, another thing that we did, was uh, do an addition to one of the huts in the compound. Um, and then I'll uh, get to this video here. So this video here is, uh, it's a, 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 hopefully this will work. I do, but I want to be talking throughout. Throughout, so this is just the front gate, kind of showing um, the the gardening, the uh, the signage here. This is a fly through through the front uh, drive here. Um, we have got Dennis's offices, we've got his office over here. We've got a school bus for the kids for day trips. Um, you'll see some of these thatched roofs. This is because the cafeteria is too small, and um, there, there are a lot of students, so the students can come to these thatch roofs and eat their meals in the shade, um, and um, have some shade while they're playing and during the recess. So I'm going to just stop here for a second. So here are the, the here are some of the uh, the buildings on the on the on the property. This was the very first building being built, and then I believe it went number two and number three. Um, over here are the the washroom blocks. This one, oh, washroom, okay, washroom blocks are number two. For, uh, for Zambian regulations, they needed, obviously, provide um, uh, washrooms for the teachers and for the students. That was an intention, Sorry. So as things progressed, um, they, uh, we've gone ahead and built a second uh, a washroom block for the high school. Over here, as the camera pans over, you'll see a garden. Now, from this garden, um, the, uh, we're able to harvest... Um, some um, plants and, and uh, um, relishes um, that are then used to substitute in the, in the meals and add some protein and some other health benefits there as well. Over here we have the uh, cafeteria where the, where the students will congregate. 
Um, and, and also, uh, one of the things I did after the work team left was build a home economics classroom in the one corner of the, uh, of the, um, the cafeteria. What's really uh, neat about the home economics room, and uh, again, and kind of to just jump ahead, uh, go, going hand in hand with the vocational school, is that uh, when these kids graduate, you know, that's great that we educated them. They, they can do their ABCs. They can count, uh, count to three and do all those math and, 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 uh, and English. That's great. But when they leave the high school, where are they going to go? They're going to go back to their huts. It, they may be able to get some better jobs, but there's, there's no real skill training. So one thing that we would like, we would like to be doing, and I, I think we might be talking about it later on, is uh, we're going to be building a vocational school. What's that? Oh, I'm talking about it. Okay, so I'll talk about it. So we will be building a vocational school. The construction's already started. This video is from uh, last August. The walls are already up. Um, and uh, what basically this vocational school will be teaching these kids trades, um, uh, along with the home economics room, teaching these kids trades and, and life skills to help them throughout life so that when they leave Life Song Harmony School, they can go out and get a job. They can, we'll be teaching auto mechanics, electrical, carpentry, uh, skilled trades that they can then take materials and make a living off of that, um, which I think is really, really awesome. Um, as we continue to pan over here, um, we've got our new high school block along here. Um, this is the new roof that we put on back in July. And um, over here, right now, in this picture, it's a basketball court, but uh, as I was just talking to Dennis previously, they've put, pulled up another building there for, uh, for teachers and another two classrooms. This is another classroom over here on, on each uh, end of the building. They've got computer, uh, like computer science or computer, com computer classes where, um, again, I think a, a part of the Zambia curriculum is that they learn to use computers, um, uh, which will help them in their careers. Over here, we've got the medical building, um, which my dad uh, uh, mentioned previously. And then again, since this video, um, we'll be building another, we've uh, purchased this property over here, and we'll be building another uh, medical building there too. They've torn down the wall. And uh, that's again, uh, um, expanding our medical facilities to accommodate the size of, uh, of the population that we have, or the, the, the amount of kids that we have. Again, as we pan across, um, just gonna highlight this general assembly here. So if you ever go on a work team one of, uh, to, to Zambia, whether it's the construction, medical, or education, you'll always be greeted by five, 600 kids singing songs in Zambia, Zambian and English um, in this area. Um, and it's, it was one of my highlights just to see the sheer magnitude of how many children that you're, um, that you're able to affect uh, by, with uh, what you're doing, both um, physically, financially, and prayerfully. Um, over here, we've got a soccer field. Um, whoops, that's not part of the video. Um, over, now, this is just a pan through. So this is where all the children are coming from. This is the compound. You can see the buildings are densely uh, uh, populated together. You've got a main strip. It's all wood, all like clay brick and wood shacks with a little bit of if there, a little bit of tin on top um, to to keep the rain and, and and provide some sort of shade. In the back here, you can see this this river that runs along the back. It's the Kafui River. Um, some children will travel from across this river. And what 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 are the some of the the commuting times for these kids? Some of the which the commute times. Oh, some of them. Two, three kilometers. 
There's a, there's, you can either take, there is a bridge that you can drive across, or you can take a, a short boat ride, um, and hopefully there's no crocodiles. Some kids will walk as, as long as two hours to go to school every day. I think that goes along with the teachers as well. Some live, some live pretty far. I was just going to talk about the, uh, the uh, future work teams. So um, some, there's going to be a work team, uh, Lord willing, going in August, headed by John, Brother John Gerhardt. Um, some of the things that they'll be doing um, is, so the vocational school, they've, put, they've gotten their, the walls up, and they'll be starting on the roof, as well as wiring up for, uh, for electricity. Um, they'll also be installing a backup generator, um, because uh, in Zambia, um, they've got the, they, their electricity all runs off of uh, hydroelectricity, um, in the in the dry season, usually in the summer, there's less water. That means less electricity. That and there's this concept called load shedding, where there's periodic blackouts throughout the country. So if we have a backup generator, that we can keep the lights running, we can keep uh, tool uh, tools charged in the vocational school. They'll also be installing a transfer switch, so that when the power is on, great, we can use the the city power. But when the power goes off. This, this switch will automatically switch over onto the generator. Um, another cool thing that, uh, that, um, they'll, that uh, they'll be doing is uh, they've done a survey of the teachers and the, um, their living conditions, and they'll be renovating some of the teachers' um, houses, so kind of like what we did um, for one of the, the girls in the compound, um, adding an addition. They'll be kind of bringing it up to more of a a slightly better standard, although I don't think any of us would want to stay in those houses long term. Um, it's least better than what they had before. Um, some some of the proposed pro projects that uh, will be coming in the future. Again, we've got a med the medical clinic that'll uh, um, that we'd like to raise funds for, and I'm sure Dennis will talk more about. Um, there's also we'd like to build a, bi a biology and physics lab. This is for uh, as per Zambian regulations that you have to have two two buildings dedicated for for biology and physics, um, and then there's some other um, really cool projects like thatched roofs, uh, that, those thatched roof um, huts for shade, um, and some more uh, more classrooms uh, for the grades uh, coming up. I'll now hand it over to Arnold. Oh, Dan. So if you could play the current drone, that'd be good video. While I'm speaking, uh, Josiah is going to play a current drone video that I just uh, took. Oh, you can't get it going. Feels like Zambia. Okay, so um, it's the the vocational school is like Josiah mentioned. Already the walls are up. So I, I want to make one thing very clear. The reason we exist, the reason we have, because it can be very overwhelming. We're talking about a lot of things and very trying to get a lot in very quickly, but. The reason and the purpose the ministry exists is to make disciples of Christ. Look, it's wonderful if the kids know how to, like Josiah mentioned, they know how to read and they write, and, and, and wonderful they become teachers and they become prominent people in society, but all of that matters very little if they lose their soul. So we take the passage in James 2 very seriously, and this is why we do what we do, and that is, what does it profit if you don't give that person those things that he needs? But you say, go, be warm, be filled, notwithstanding you give them those things that they need. So we want to make sure that we show them we love them before we tell them we love them. And especially the James 1.27 passage that really is, uh, is our motto, that we know what pure religion is and undefiled before God the Father is to visit the widows and orphans in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So what does that mean? We have chapel services three times 
a week. We have Bible studies every day. We have devotion. We have spiritual counseling that we do with the students. And we've had a few children give their lives to the Lord and get baptized at a local church there. So those are the reasons, and that's the reason this, church, this ministry exists. So I want to be very clear because all of that is going to perish. Christ said not one stone will be left upon another. So as much as the buildings are beautiful now and they serve a purpose, at the end of the day, that's all going to be gone. But the souls of these children is what matters. Um, I want to introduce to you uh, quickly the reason we have a boarding home. But before I get into that, Jasmine said to me um, about three years ago, she said, Dennis, there's this little girl named Veronica who's sick. She hasn't been coming to school. I think you should go over and, and see where she's at. So I jumped on this bicycle. We, we um, had a bunch of donors from ACC buy a bunch of bicycles for our staff, and we had a few extra for the school. So Arnold and I jump on this bicycle, and we pedal about three, four kilometers. Um, I'm never going to do that again. But um, got across the Kafui River, and we see this little girl, Veronica, and she's just sitting there, and she's very quiet and... Um, and listen, I'm, I'm not Pentecostal, I'm not charismatic. We know that that's not uh, what Scripture teaches us. But I will tell you this, there was such a burden in my heart for this girl. I sensed something was wrong. So I said to, uh, to Albert, I said, Albert, can I ask you something? Do you think that this girl is okay here? I mean, do you think this girl has been abused? And he looks over his shoulder, looks both ways, and he says, most likely. And I said, like, what most likely? He said, Probably 100%. So I go, I go to find out that that's the real pandemic in Africa. It's the abuse, the physical and sexual abuse of little girls. And this is very demonic. This is what the Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians, about the spiritual warfare. Listen, Satan doesn't just live in Africa. Satan's all over the world. We know that in Job it says from going to and fro. But it's very prominent. They go to the witch doctors, and the witch doctors tell them that if they defile a girl, then they'll be immune to HIV-AIDS. So they can sleep around and never get the AIDS virus. So it's very disturbing. So immediately, we're, we thought, we, we need to rescue this girl. And how many of our girls are like that? In September, that was in July of 2016, in September, and I'm getting to, to Mary in a moment, sorry. But in, in September, I had to go get, I suffer from kidney stones, so I had to go get some kidney stones pulled out in South Africa. While we were there, a student from our school, Lizzie Musonda, she passed away. In fact, she was sponsored by a sister from the Mansfield Church. She passed away. And we found out that she was severely abused. So that prompted us to try and rescue these girls. Brothers and sisters, we don't start something and invite God to join us. God initiates the work and gives us the opportunity to join him in his work. That for us was an answer. This was God calling us to be involved in rescuing these little girls. So we came back, we raised support, we opened up a boarding home for 25 of our most vulnerable girls. We went to go see where Veronica, Veronica now is staying in our boarding home. We went to go see, and this is where Arnold's going to come in, we went to go see with a work team where, does, where Veronica came from. I wanted to show them. While we were there, we had another girl from our, our classroom, Imelda, from our school and the boarding home. She said, come see where I live, where I used to live. So we walked with the team, and we went over to see where Imelda lived. And while we're looking at Imelda's home, we hear these noises. It's like an animal noise or moaning and groaning. And we turn around, and on the floor, lying on the floor, 
is this severely handicapped 15-year-old girl. Flies all over her like an animal. I mean, we just broke down. We started weeping. We couldn't believe that this girl was just left discarded. Her parents are handicapped. They couldn't take care of her. All of us were there, and we were devastated. And so that prompted us again. Why does God expose these things? Why does God show you things? That's his invitation for us to join him. And then he blesses us for him initiating the work. We serve a great God. Arnold is going to just share a little bit about Mary, that little girl Mary's home. But I want to tell you this before he comes up. Mary was now... Okay, follow me here, okay? Veronica has a sister named Martha. Mary Martha, you're going to get this in a moment. Veronica has a sister named Martha who got married at 14, 15 years old. Martha used to make homemade moonshine for the village. Kumboko, it's called. Okay? And alcohol's huge here. Everybody gets drunk. And so that's why Christians don't drink there. That's just, they don't believe Christians should drink. So they, she would make alcohol. And so I, I realized that God has opened up this opportunity for a reason. So we approached Martha, and I said, Martha, here's what you're going to do. How much do you make selling booze? And she says, I make about $20 a month about 250 kwacha. And I said, would you be willing to give up that trade and you will then full-time take care of Mary and we will pay you way more? And she willingly agreed. So today, he's going to show you Mary's home, what they did. Martha takes care of Mary. Martha's sister Veronica goes to our boarding home and Martha no longer makes this booze in the village. Thank you, Dennis. So I, I want to just give a little intro, a little snippet about this yellow shirt and how I ended up going to Zambia too. So in the back you see it says Team Runner. Um, before that happened, Dennis came out in 2016 with the Yasna and they told us about Zambia, so I ended up sponsoring a child. So a whole year went by, automatic deposits, you really don't see it, you're doing a good thing. There you go. I'm helping out Zambia. They come back. And one day, uh, when they're over there, they hand me an envelope, and I take it home. And inside the envelope was a letter from the little girl that I had sponsored, Mercy Sitemboli. Then there's her picture, and then there's a bracelet, little beads that she made with her own hands. So I was holding this in my hand, and then I just broke down and cried. At that time, we had done these obstacle course mud runs, thought, you know, it was a challenge, tough guys, relatively young guys. The guys were younger than me. But we were doing these mud races just for fun, just to challenge ourselves. And I thought, what if we could leverage this, somehow raise money for Zambia? And what God was able to do, and I'm going to say God because we really didn't do anything except kind of run and spread the word. But I'm telling you, God moved the hearts. We got donations coming in from I don't know where. And after the end of three races through many, many months, it was almost $10,000 that had come together. $30 a month, pretty much around 30, 35 bucks a month, sponsors a child from it. That was like 20-something children that were sponsored for a whole year from that. But more importantly, what it did is it brought awareness to others. And these yellow shirts started going around and guys from Canada saying, hey, where does that yellow shirt come from? And then it started spreading here. And then people in Europe started buying these shirts and it started going around. So it, there was just a small part, just one little part. And my best friend, Adrian Ach, that went ahead and ran these races with me would end up finally moving out to Zambia. God called him there. And so he was out there. 
Hey, I wanted to see him, and God opened up the door to go with Josiah and others on that work trip. And so when we went out there, we <clears throat> talked about the Kafui River, um, and they go on these rickety boats that are just barely put together with some little plywood and junk. And I'm telling you, there was a couple of us, not in a many, a few of us, and we're on that little boat, and I'm telling you, it's like there's a whole new meaning when it says don't rock the boat when it's like 16-foot crocs in there. So we're going in there, and it's just an inch above the water, and you're going across, you're like, bro, just don't move. So we get across the river, and, and I'm telling you, you're going the other side of the compound, and it is even poorer on that side. So I saw a decent amount already, and I'm coming up, and we start seeing different things, and then we're going through some of the, the grass and the weeds, and, and, and I remember um, I heard about this. I saw pictures about this, but nothing could really prepare me for what I was about to see. I mean, I've saw National Geographic photos and everything. And so, like Dennis said, as, as we came up, there you see this little girl, 15-year-old girl, on maybe a little piece of foam like that, flies all over her face. Sorry. <clears throat> Gets me every time. And then you see her, and then I remember I crouched down, and I held her hand. And it was like I, had, I was holding the hand of Jesus in this sense. And I said to Dennis, Dennis, can we pray? So we ended up praying, all of us. It was a pretty raw prayer. You know, you're out there in the middle of Africa, and at this point, everything kind of hits you, and your whole life kind of goes through your eyes, and you look at through the filter of Jesus. And I felt Jesus during the prayer was just telling me, like, look, these are the streets I'm walking. This is where I've been. And it's not that you can't find these in the streets of San Diego or the streets of Toronto. There's souls everywhere that need saving. But it was about my heart and where it was and what it was focused on and where I had spent my time, where my focus was, my eternal perspective. And everything kind of came to a halt right there. And I'm holding this little girl's hand, flies buzzing around. She's sitting there. When we saw her, she was like gnawing on her arm, moaning, rocking back and forward. They don't have electricity. They don't have running water. They don't have working toilets. So I was like, we got to do something. We got to build a room. It was so tiny. We had to build a room for, for Mary. And there was just like 10 by 12 or something like that. So most missionaries, they kind of walk through the compound. But we were fortunate enough to spend two whole days from early morning to late night working out there. And it was a show. You know, the villagers would come out there and we'd eat lunch with them. They're looking at, at first when you walk through there, you, they look at you like you're from Mars. You're a zombie. They'll stare at you the whole way on the street like, you know, in Spanish, they call you gringo. You know, it's like, what's this white boy doing? But <clears throat> so, you know, and it was, it was good hard work, good honest work, you know, you're carrying bags of concrete, sand. You know, uh, the kids were teaching me a little bit of bemba. I found out what impompa means. That means muscle and amaka means power. Whenever I was kind of waning, they're like, Amaka. It's like, okay, got to pick up the pace. So, and so Mary's mother was drawing water from the well. And, you know, we were mixing up the concrete, putting up bricks, mud bricks. And, and, you know, we had made a little door pathway. We tore down the whole roof. I mean, we were breaking apart the wall, the mud brick. There was termites and bugs. I was trying to cover my mouth. I'm like, I have no idea what these. I got my shots and everything. But I remember there was a man on the plane behind me that actually heard about our missionary. He said, can I pray with you guys? And he put a hand on our shoulders from behind. He, he was from Africa originally, but he lived in the States. And he prayed with us, and God would bless us and keep us safe. And he did. I didn't get sick once. It's amazing. But 
we were able to go ahead and build a room and put, put the roof on, make a new kitchen. It was amazing. The villagers were out there. And you know what? We were called the solar team, and we had solar team T-shirts. But somehow in Zambia, the supplies really don't come together. And so we did, like, no solar. They did, like, light bulbs, LEDs and stuff, but we didn't actually do solar panels. But at Mary's house, we installed one solar panel. There was one light, and I'm telling you, it was like a beacon. And it was like channeling all of the donations, all the prayers, all the energy was shining bright of that hope that you, all of us, through God, really, we're just, we're carrying the torch. We got, we're going to pass the torch one day, aren't we? And so, really, that light was a beacon. If we could only have one solar panel, one light bulb shine in Zambia, that was the very best place that it could be. And I remember I got to pick up Mary at the very end, and the concrete was wet, and so they had a bucket and then a bucket there, and I had to kind of go at an angle, and I was trying not to fall into the brand-new fresh concrete. I remember just kind of barely making it in through the door, put her down, and we had this prayer, and just that was the center of the world at that point. But as a beautiful touch, later on after we left Josiah and Adrian went back, and they put a bed in there, and it wasn't just any bed. It was, um, there's a bed that had a comforter and a pillow, and it was a Hello Kitty pillow. So fitting. So it's a, thank you for listening, and I'm going to turn it back to Brother Edmund. Thank you so much for that touching. So, Brother Dennis, can you tell us more about the girls' home? So, yeah, the girls', open, the girls home opened in 2018. Like I mentioned, we have 25. Uh, we had 25. We have 22 now. Uh, two girls moved away. Uh, one of them, unfortunately, we had to uh, expel. She became pregnant at a very young age after numerous times uh, telling her not to sneak out and not to go, and she did, and so um, she was starting to affect the other girls, and so we had to expel her. So we have three beds now available, and our steering committee is looking to put some of our younger girls in um, in those three beds. So um, with with Mary uh, Arnold, thank you. You guys did a great job. Um, the next team that's coming out is actually going to put in a, a little tub so they can bathe Mary. Uh, that's the plan for this construction team that's coming out in August. Brother John Gerhardt's going to lead that. From what I heard, he still is looking for some volunteers, um, as well as uh, the girls' home serves to um, shepherd and disciple these girls. We have a social worker that was coming out for some time. Uh, this is something that we were looking uh, to Ashley for because Ashley's doing some social work. Uh, and for her to come out longer term, and, you know, what does she do? She goes and gets married. So um, she's not going to be coming anytime soon. I'm, I'm assuming Thomas Nitz Jr., is that correct? Okay. Hey, did it. So for sure you're not going to be coming. But, um, and then we have the house mothers who share the word of God with these girls, and it's just a very safe environment. We go there, and we play games with them, and we have a meal with them. When the work team comes out, we have a compound meal, which includes a traditional African meal, which is some pretty interesting ingredients, but will surprise you when you come out. So um, that is the ministry, the overview of the ministry. Uh, I would encourage uh, uh, those who feel led to come out, please come and visit us. Listen, we're, we're all cut. I think most of us are cut from the same cloth. We're all cut from the Apostolic Christian Church cloth. So Jasmine and I, we grew up, obviously, in Richmond Hill and from the ACC. Listen, it gets lonely there. We, we don't, yes, there's other believers, and we, we totally understand that. But there's something about your own, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you miss them. And every once in a while, Yustin will play the piano, and she'll play Zion's harp at night. 
and I'll start singing, and that ends the singing quickly. But, you know, please come out and visit us. And I know you're praying for us. I know you're supporting us. That's the only way we can be out there. I know you're supporting the school. But if you feel that, I, I, I promise you, I promise you, you'll never regret it. You, you've heard some testimonies. And, and we are looking. I want to, I know, Edmund, maybe I'm jumping ahead here. We are looking for, because of the vocational school, we are looking for some skills, um, to, those that have skills in auto mechanics. Where are the Delics here? We've got to get a bunch of you out there. Can you believe none of my Delic family has come out there? I really want to give it to them now. You know, in fact, from Richmond Hill, who came out? Gorn, did anybody come out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 That's my family. So um, we need some auto mechanics, um, carpenters. Uh, electricians, welders, um, and carpenters. Did I say that? Carpenters, welders, electricians, auto mechanics, and plumbers. So we would love to have you come out for a year because the vocational school will be open, God willing, in January. We want to teach these children, as Josiah said, a skill set so that they can learn so that they don't have to continue to beg or, or you know, struggle to find a job. And those are the skill. Why do we pick those trades? Because those are the trades that are most needed in that area or in Africa, really. Edmund, Jazz is going to come up and talk a little bit about Life Song Lodge and Rose Cafe. Um, so what Life Song tries to do as well is because everything is 100% donor supported, and you know Life Song for Orphans is in 13 different countries, we're Life Song for Orphans Canada, but we are in Zambia, only in Zambia. We try to start businesses that are not for profit, so all of the money would pour into the ministry. That's why we have a Life Song Lodge, and Jazz is running the Rose Cafe. She's going to talk about it. And I've told you guys before, if you come out, you can stay at the Life Song Lodge. And I told you, it's, I told other people, it's like the Ritz-Carlton, without the Ritz or the Carlton. So you'll have a place to put your head down if you come out. Um, just quickly, I know we're running out of time. Uh, yeah, so about, I'd say, a year ago, Uh, There was a missionary. She actually did a great job. She's from Florida. She's a teacher. And what she noticed in Zambia was that um, we all like to sponsor the cute little kids in kindergarten and things like that. But she saw that there was a need for kids who were never sponsored. So they would not have any opportunity to be educated and then no job, of course. So then she started a program, kind of like a YMCA-ish type of thing, and she uh, came out there for, I'd say, seven years and established this program, and she would teach them a life skill. <clears throat> so it's computers and agriculture, sewing, and some business skills. At any rate, she approached Dennis to see if she can open up a cafe at the lodge, and she did so. It was a great job. She built a really nice place and managed to hire out food from locals, and then they would sell it at the cafe. Fast forwarding very quickly, about a year ago, she left. She came back to, uh, to the, the States, and the cafe was left empty. And, of course, I don't do anything there, and I have no responsibilities. And Dennis is like, hey, Jazz, why don't you open this cafe and continue working? So um, Dennis has this ability to be able to, you know, hypnotize me. And, of course, I said yes. And uh, so I've been cooking at this. What's that? Oh, yeah, one of the many reasons. Sorry. Sure. No, uh, anyway, so then, um, so I have these young kids who um, have never been sponsored. Uh, They're very near to my heart. I have six boys now that work there with me. And I get up every morning um, with a sense of joy. And it's cooking, and it's a cafe, 
um, but I just never realized that um, that God would bring me to this point in my life where I'm doing this <clears throat> simple task, but yet uh, as we're preparing food to sell during the day, we get up at, well, Godwin's there at 5 in the morning, and I join them soon after that. But um, as we're cooking food together, we just have this opportunity to talk about God, and they call me mom because they don't have their moms to mentor them at all in any way, shape, or form. And I absolutely love it. I, I just am really, really blessed to be able to be doing this work. Um, yeah, <clears throat> so that's that. So uh, when Josiah was out there, like he says it's not the Ritz-Carlton, but it's pretty sweet. I mean, Josiah was out there uh, last August, and he sent home these Instagrams, you know, saying suffering for the Lord, and these really amazing, you know, frothy you know, drinks that are better than Starbucks. So <laughs> redefining suffering for the Lord. So if you want to suffer for the Lord, that's a great place to do it. <laughs> Ashley, can you <laughs> yeah. come on and talk about the child sponsorship, please? Okay, yeah. So I'm going to try to keep this um, somewhat brief, um, just so that we uh, we have time for some questions. Hopefully, I think we want to do some questions. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about child sponsorships, which is what um, a lot of you are involved with. It's a really great way to get involved is sponsoring a child. Um, so if we can just go to the next slide, maybe. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so I just want to go over everything that the $40 a month covers because it is quite extensive. Um, so as I said here, um, two full meals per day. So it was mentioned that um, all the children at the school are the most vulnerable in Chipata compound, so they do not have food at home. On the weekends, they're probably looking for food by themselves, scavenging or not eating at all. So during the week, for five days a week, they get breakfast and lunch. It's a healthy meal. It's provided to them so that they can focus in school because what was happening before they had um, provided meals is they couldn't learn in school. They were so hungry. Um, they were malnourished. So now they're getting um, meals. School uniforms, um, the medical care is mentioned. We're going to expand our medical building. All that's included in the sponsorships, school books and supplies, um, the operating costs for the school and the Harmony Home. So... Um, that's a big part of it, too. You're also helping the girls home by sponsoring a child from the school. Um, and uh, I also want to mention that part of the $40 per month, none of that is going to the Delix. That's a separate fund. So when you're sponsoring a child, all of it is going directly to those needs that the child has. Um, and that's kind of part of the 100% pledge that LifeSong has. Um, both LifeSong USA and Canada is part of this. So like it says there, no administrative costs come from your gift. So... Basically just saying what I just said, everything is going to the child. It's not going to the people here that are volunteering. Um, it's all to the child, which is who needs it really the most. Um, and so also it wasn't on the list, but um, when you're sponsoring a child, you're also giving them that opportunity to hear the gospel in its truest form, um, to be mentored, to be discipled. Um, and that's probably the best gift that you could ever give them, right? So that's a big part of it. Thanks, Ashley. All right, I think we have 10 minutes, question and answers. Or hopefully we'll give you answers, but you can ask questions. Anybody have any questions? We'll try to answer them for you. Yes, correct. Yep, the girls in the boarding home go to our school. Yes, Dushko. We were just talking about that. 250. Question was, how many of the children are not sponsored? That was the second question. We said 250. The other question was, how many of the girls from the girls' home are from our school? All of them. Any other questions? Yes. 
So yearly, it's three hundred and thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. That's that's what it is now, based on the sponsorships that we have. It's, it's Canadian, so about fifty thousand U.S. No, just joking. <laughs> just kidding. Yes, Fred. All of the teachers purchased those computers because they're Chromebooks and the kids couldn't use them. So they were sold to the teachers for the same value we bought them for. They're being deducted from their pay. And we went and bought small laptops for all the kids. And the kids are being taught by a computer teacher from our school that we hired, which answers, Gary, your question that you sent me. Why do the way... Gary asked the best questions. I mean, Gary asked the most difficult questions. Dennis, where did this $20 go? I don't know, Gary. You know, you got to answer it. So, Gary, I'll answer your questions later. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? Any other questions? So, that, I don't know if I answered Fred, but they're being put to good use. And all the Chromebooks have been tied into now our printer so they can remotely print off their lesson plans and, and so forth for the teachers. Medical team just came by. Um, we had some nurses, and they, just quickly before I forget, they went to see Mary. So, they went in the room and they took a look at her and they came out and they said these were from the US these nurses and they said they'd never seen a handicapped child being taken care of uh, to this extent and Martha had no idea that we're showing up so um, I'm sort of tying that into how everything is working out Stephen she's doing great well she, she can't she's severely handicapped but I mean she's doing great I mean we could see and the nurses told us that for a, a girl in her condition Praise God. Martha's doing an amazing job. So with one stone, so many um, birds were, were killed, if you will. You know, we threw one stone and we removed a lot of these problems. Anybody else? Got five more minutes. Yes. Sorry, repeat. What age group is the biggest? Oh, you mean in Chapada Compound? Oh, well in... Oh, sorry, I, I didn't understand your question. Up to grade nine. No, no, we all have the same. Every, every grade has that's some... Yeah. If you asked me in Serbian, it would be clear. <laughs> 30 children per class, per grade. Per grade, per class. So, but in the whole Chapada compound, most of the kids, we have a huge, from sort of 5 years old to 12 years old, huge population. Yes, Brother Dan. Correct. Well, um, <laughs> what, one, one person at a time. <laughs> But I don't, there we know that it's not being made. We even asked the locals in the last work team that came out, we even asked the locals, is, it, is she making it? Because we want to find out none of that's being made. They're going to, listen, whoever wants a drink, they're going to find some, you know, but the, the point is we pulled Martha out of this, Mary's being helped, Veronica, and so many people around her. Yes, any other questions? Yes. Well, we have four, four guards um, that are there full time. Uh, it's safe. You have a lot of theft. Initially, when Yasin and I moved out, we had a lot of threatenings because we're, you know, the, this country was colonized by the British up until '64. So here, this white family coming in in a black country, and you know, what are you up to? And so, you know, we had some guys who wanted to take the school. It's a whole another, whole another subject and topic. We had to arrest some of these guys, and so they come back and say, you know, hey, you better watch it. You got a wife and kids. You're in a, you're a white man in a black country, and. You know, but that's all, that's all done. You know, I think after almost five years, that's been, that's gone. In terms of the school, it's safe. You know, the community, the biggest thing is now that we have the support of the community, they love what we're doing. They see it. I mean, we're feeding their children. We're nourishing their children. We're teaching their children. We're caring for their children. So we've got the whole community behind us. 
So it's safe, I would say. Yes, zero, 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 zero. It's a huge blessing. Any, any restrictions in preaching the gospel was uh, Tom's question. Not at all. They're very open to hearing the gospel. The problem that you have in Zambia is Christianity is very much accepted, but it's very shallow. It's the prosperity gospel. It's a Pentecostal, you know, give money and you'll get rich. I mean, you can understand they're poor. They love that gospel. So you're going in there and saying, no, 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 you, you, you probably will remain poor and you'll probably lose your family and your friends for following Christ. Not an attractive gospel, but here's what, here's what happens. What's amazing is that they see the, this, this family and these people coming out from a first world country. I mean, what's in it for you? Like, where are you? How are you benefiting? So they're watching you, and then they realize that you have no vested interest. You're just trying to follow Christ's command, and now that gospel becomes real because there's substance to it. The rest of them, the preachers are getting wealthy and living a high lifestyle, but the people are poor. Any other questions? Yes. Ignorance. A lot of them still die from malaria, HIV, AIDS, malnourished children, um, whatever comes with poverty. But uh, a lot of the parents have passed away because of the HIV, AIDS pandemic. And that's either through promiscuity or through inheriting it, getting it. Yes. Is there an age restriction coming to Zambia? You mean on a work team? No, no. Absolutely. No age restriction at all. There's nothing like that. If you want to come and visit with your family, I came out with my family. We've had, uh, um, who else came out with a young family? Is there anybody else? Bojank, but their kids aren't that young. No, no age restrictions at all. I mean, you're going to have to get them, get, you know, get all the shots, hep A and B and, you know, yellow fever, malaria pills, typhoid, all the good stuff. Any other questions? Yes, please. That's her. Yeah. I want to say one thing. This is not a delic ministry. This is way beyond us now. I mean, we can't handle it. So I'm so grateful for everybody who's involved within the ministry to, to help us out. Yeah, so she's taking care of all the sponsorships. She knows, and, and Brother Andrew Shulia from Windsor, him and Ashley are working together, and they know all the, the, the kids and, and all that. Yeah. One more question, and then I'm going to give it to Brother Edmund. There is. Thank you. Thank, oh, yes, Eileen. Yes. Well, obviously, my first desire would, would be for them to come to know Christ. I mean, that's the number one. But that's something we can't do. That Only the Lord can do that. Um, I, I would say that my greatest desire is for every one of these children to be sponsored because the needs are going to keep growing. I just mentioned once we get to 800, if we have 250 short, we're going to have another 200 short. That's, and what that does is it limits us with how much we can feed them. And, and so it's... it's, it's Two meals, but we want to add more, you know, protein. We want to give them a better education. We want to do a lot more for them, and that's limited because not all of them are sponsored. The sponsorship, well, 250 children at $40 a month. What's that? $10,000, is it? Is that right? Did I do my math right? A month extra, which is 120000 a year. That would be all the children being sponsored. Yes? Thanks for that question. Thank you once again. May the Lord bless you. Keep us in prayer. Um, we plan to be in camp just till tomorrow, and then we head to traveling again. We've been living out of a suitcase for almost a month, uh, but we plan to be back in August, uh, back in Zambia in August. So please keep us in prayer, and thank you so much for being here this morning. Yeah, I just wanted to give some uh, instructions on how you can do that. So the, both the if you're in the states, there's the ACS ACCF website has a sponsorship page. If you're in Canada, there's the ACC and BC. 
also has a sponsorship page. You can go in there and register. There's no limit you, you, to only sponsoring one. You can sponsor more. We don't stop you. Um, so that the other thing is that we've got a number of new things. Uh, Dennis didn't even get a chance to talk about a lot of the, the wonderful new projects they have on the go. If you want to contribute towards them, you can contribute to the Zambia General Fund, and we'll then distribute it to what uh, the various needs to finish the high school, to get more seating area for in the medical school and the other requirements they have to continue. At this point, I'd like to ask uh, Brother Doug to dismiss us in a word of prayer. Let's all stand. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we come before thy throne of grace and we thank thee so much for opening up once again our eyes to the great needs that are in Zambia. And this is just representative of the needs that are throughout this world. Father in heaven, we, those of us that have been there and have seen it with our own eyes, we realize that our physical presence in adding bricks and mortar doesn't really put a dent into the whole mission. But it is us being there that we can come back and tell others of the great needs and have a passion associated with it, have um, ownership because we now know and because we know, we must go. Father, we pray that those that cannot go, that as we heard in our Bible classes this morning, to be a missionary, we can do more than just go. We can, we can pray, we can, we can uh, supply our monetary and worldly uh, material goods towards the mission. We can uh, encourage others to be involved, as we heard already this, this morning, and that we could together realize that this is not about feeding little children, which is so important, but it is looking for the eternal perspective in the destiny of their souls. Father, we thank thee for being with us this day, for Brother Dennis for coming and presenting, and all those that have come to this forum this morning that have shared of their testimonies and experiences. And Father, we pray that every one of us would not easily forget what we have seen now that we have that now that we know we are accountable for how deep our pockets are and how how far our hands will go in to to reach and su support them in finances and how deep and how deep our hearts are in reaching out to these lost and um, abjectly poor children abused and and misused Father, we thank Thee and we commend the rest of this day into Your care and keeping, for we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.